If you don't mind, would you grab a Bible? There's some along the floors. Um, or your own personal Bible. This morning we are going to be walking through uh, Matthew uh, chapter 6, 7, starting at verse 7 and going through 13. And um, we are not going to this morning go through the whole Lord's Prayer, be teaching on the full thing. Um, Originally that was my intent until Thursday where I go, I, I could, could not do justice to the whole Lord's Prayer in just one week. So we are going to divide it in half. There's a natural divide. But listen to uh, Matthew chapter 6, starting at verse 7. And when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard for their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask Him. Pray then like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be Your name. Your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. This is the word of the Lord. Well, um, how many of you have grown up, um, those of you who have grown up in the church, have grown up in the, the tradition where every Sunday, it doesn't matter what's going on outside, doesn't matter what service you're a part of inside, what holiday of the year it is, every service maybe you were like a Sunday morning or Sunday evening, one of those services, the Lord's Prayer was prayed. Raise your hand. Oh yeah, yeah. I I came from that tradition also where every Sunday, the Lord's Prayer was one of those, it was one of the the central pieces. And uh, this week I had an opportunity to sit down with a a grandfatherly figure, a, a guy who has poured a lot of time into our family. We love him dearly. And he took me out for, for dinner or for, for lunch. And it was, it was sweet. You know, it's not every day that I get lunch paid for. And so it's in those times you sit back and you just absorb what they have to say. Because often it's, there's wisdom, there's chunks of wisdom where you go, oh, man, that is beautiful. Oh, that's powerful. Well, he and I were talking about the church. We were talking about, you know, where the church, when he was a kid, he was involved in a church plant, and what that church plant, it was out in Richton Park, it was a Christian Reformed church, and he was all excited, he was getting all riled about, up about what it was like, and the, the difficulties, and the pains, and the sorrows, and the joys, and what a parent church looks like, and how they're to support, support this, the, the new baby church, and um, he was, you could just see he was kind of basking in the good old days. And then he started talking about today, the church of today. And he goes, but you know, Paul, what is missing? I don't hear the Heidelberg Catechism anymore. I I don't hear the Ten Commandments being read. Every Sunday, we had the Ten Commandments being read. And you know what? Our prayer isn't really really authentic anymore because we don't have the Lord's Prayer. And I'm going, oh, I love you. 
And it just so happened this was the same week that I'm walking through what is the Lord's Prayer. Some 2,000 years ago, Jesus sat down His disciples and others and said, listen, I want to teach you how to pray. In in Luke, it, it says that the disciples came to Him and said, Lord, Master, teach us how to pray. And Jesus said, this is how you should pray. In reality, this isn't the Lord's Prayer. It's the disciples' prayer. How the disciples should be praying. And He gives us this this beautiful layout. Now the purpose of this is not for us on Sunday mornings to mindlessly go through the motions. I I can tell you, and some of you uh, can do this exact same thing, except you'll, you'll change some of the words up. Our Father who... Art! Yeah, who's art? I don't know. But our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be Thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And then we start getting some mixed up phrases, don't we? Because we're not exactly sure, depending what tradition. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses or debts. Okay, you know, so we got all this stuff. But we are so, in, we, we know these words and after a while, they, they become like our putting on of socks. And putting on our pants, putting on our shirt. It, it's the way that we get dressed. But after a while, we, we lose the purpose, the meaning behind the words, the importance of these words. And so today we are going to look at the first half. We're going to look at the first half. And my prayer is that for us, that this prayer, the disciples' prayer, just the first half, is our prayer for the week. That if we, if we, as we unpack this, we go, man, there is whole new depth. It, it just explodes into technicolors. As we look at what it means to pray to our Father who is in heaven. And what it means to say, hallowed, holy is your name. And what it really means to say, your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Because if, I, if we really get this, if it clicks, and I don't care how old you are, if this clicks, it will transform our prayer life. It will transform the way we look at God as Father. It will transform how we leave this place and interact in this world. If we can really pray, man, Your kingdom come. Your will be done, not just on Sunday morning in our little worship service, but as we go, it will transform the most traditional and legal-heartedness of all of us. So, Jesus, He starts off and just says, okay, listen, here's what I don't want you to do. The first thing that I don't want you to do is that I don't want you to be babblers. Because the pagans, those who don't believe in Me, they babble. 
They, 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 they just pray on and on and on and on and on and on. And Jesus is probably referring back to, if you go back to 1 Kings chapter 18, there was Elijah. And there was the great battle between the prophets of Baal and Elijah. Up on, the, up on this hill, uh, the prophets said, listen, we want to prove who is the true God. So we will set up an altar and you set up an altar. Elijah goes, yeah, bring it on. And here's the rules of the game. Set it up, make it of stone, put whatever altar uh, sacrifice you want to put on there, and then drench it full of water. And Elijah goes, you have first dibs. And so these prophets of Baal prayed and prayed and they danced and they danced. They did all morning, all afternoon. And they just went around and prayed and prayed to their God, prayed to their God, babble on and on and on to the point where they started cutting themselves. Just saying, look, give me some attention here. Look, I'm cutting myself. I'm creating pain in my life. Oh God, Baal, come through. Baal, come through. Baal, come through. After a while, Elijah started mocking him, going, man, I think he's, he's in the little boy's room right now. He can't hear you. Maybe he's napping. Maybe he can't be bothered. Maybe he can't be woken up. Pray louder. Pray more. And they kept on going. And finally, Elijah goes, hold on. Watch this. He prepares the altar. He pours water over the altar. Fire, water, generally don't go together. And he prayed a prayer. He prayed that God... Would you show these people who you are? And in that moment, heaven broke open. Fire came from heaven, consumed the sacrifice, the wood, the stones, and all the water with a simple prayer. And Jesus is saying in the same way, don't be like those people. Don't get in your little prayer circles and just babble. God already knows what you need already. So if He already knows what we need, what's the purpose then of prayer? Why, why, why even... If God knows my mind, He knows my needs, He knows my situation, why pray? Why then even give us this, this whole layout of how to pray? Purpose of one of the purposes of prayer is to align our hearts. To give us a sense that, yes, the Father hears my prayers. And He He desires to answer them. As a father, I love I know what my kids need. But there's nothing sweeter than my daughter coming and just saying, Daddy, I know it's not 60 degrees out today, but can we go to Ranch Frosty? And everything inside me is desiring to do what? To respond. I've, I've known that she's, she's wanted this since what? Last, oh, all summer, all winter long. She's been waiting for that day for Ranch Frosty to open up. She has been waiting. 
She's been looking. Oh, Daddy, look up. No. They had they moved the chairs today. Oh, I think they're cleaning up. And every day we'd get... So it, it, my heart as a father is to say, I want to respond to your needs. But there's nothing like that warms a father's heart to hear them, right? So yesterday we responded. They were excited. Ice cream all over. And Jesus says, Listen, the Father already knows your needs. Don't babble and babble and babble. He knows when your heart is right, He'll respond. Maybe not always in the way that you want it. God isn't your, you know, your pop machine God, your, your vending machine God, where it's like, oh, if I just put my 50 cents in, I'll get this. Or 75, whatever it is now. So, he does say, this is how you should pray, though. And these first few words are huge. He said, and this is how you should pray. Our Father who is in heaven. Now, if you were a person who lived in that time, using our Father would have been pretty radical. God has been referred to as the Father of Israel, the nation of Israel. But to be able to say personally, you are my Father, was a radical shift. And you're going to see all throughout the New Testament that Jesus is saying, listen, God is personal, God is intimate. He is your Father. And there is a... a, a good Lutheran um, pastor who, uh, who said this, in the Lord's Prayer, Jesus authorizes His disciples to repeat the word Abba, which is like, dearest Father, Daddy, to repeat this word Abba after Him. He gives them a share in His Sonship and empowers them as His disciples to speak with their Heavenly Father, in just such a familiar, trusting way as a child would with His Father. Jesus is giving permission to say, listen, He is your Father. And there's this this sonship, this family sense when you are in Christ, when you are part of the Kingdom of God, when your life is engrafted into this family. You're no longer strangers your brothers and sisters, and you have a Father who is in heaven. Our Father's, God's fatherly nature connects prayer to the Gospel. You see, we need to remember in all of this, this isn't just prayer, this is not just another thing that we put on our belt, you know, notch our belt and just say, oh, look what we, get, what we do. It connect, we need to remember the Gospel even in these, these small little phrases. Because Jesus is more than a teacher. He's more than a miracle worker. He is the one who came into this world to save people from their sins. He came to save me from my sins. He came to save you from your sins. And when that happens, something beautiful happens. You see, Jesus entered history 
to die. And when we, we see that, we, that Jesus came into history to die, to die r- passages like this from Romans says, it will be counted to us who believe in Him who was raised from the dead, the Lord Jesus uh, our Lord, who was delivered up for our trespasses and raised us for our transgressions, Jesus has done something in His death and His resurrection that changes our status. It changes who we are, our place before God. It's no longer, we're no longer enemies, but we are now children of God. We're no longer objects of wrath, as it says in Scripture, but we are now His most tender possessions, His children. We are His children. And God just says, listen, God as Father says, I want you to come to me. Don't bear the burden of guilt. Because you're so good at that, aren't you? You feel guilty, you feel, oh man, I stink at this. I dropped the ball on this. And God is saying, listen, come to me. Don't bear the burden of guilt that you do so well. Bring it to Jesus. He has bore it for you. Come to me, child. Come to me and rest in this. The price has been paid for you. You now have access to me. Because there's peace. There's also just this beautiful thing that says, our Father who is in heaven. So we just got this this very personal God, very right here. He's He's personal. He's, he's here. But He's also in heaven. There's this powerful man, God in heaven. He is overseeing everything. He, he knows all the cattle on a thousand hills. He, he knows what the birds need. He knows what the, the, the grass needs. He, know, he waters the earth. He does all these things. He, he, he is in control. So it's not just the God who is right here with us, living and dwelling in our lives, but He is also overseeing absolutely everything. So it's our Father, our Father, who's in heaven. Who, who's able to answer all the prayers. He, he knows all things. He, he has spoke the world into existence. That is the God that we are praying to. Who has forgiven our sins and given us now access. He is not our dysfunctional fathers. And some of you are going, my dad isn't dysfunctional. Yeah, he is. I am too. He is not that father. He is perfect. Perfect. He is not an um, absentee father either. Okay? That's not the father we're praying to. He is the personal present in your life, surrounding, overseeing all of creation and you. That is the father that we are praying to. Two, our Father who is in heaven. And then the next section, hallowed or holy 
be Your name. In the name of God, throughout Scripture, you're going to see different characteristics, different traits, different descriptions of, of who God is. And last week, before our prayers of the people, I said, tell me about the character of God. Who is God? What do we know about Him? And before we, we prayed, people started shouting, He's just, He's a judge, He's holy, He's good, He's loving, He's this, He's that. Yeah, and when we say, hallowed be Your name, we're saying, man, Your name encapsulates the character of who You are. My name, Paul. Does anybody know what Paul means? Small. So much for self-worth right there. You know, you know Paul on the road to Damascus, he, he, was at, he had a name before, and then his name was changed because he recognized, man, in light of who I am and what I thought I was, I am small, I am minuscule, I am nothing before a great God. I'm small. But God's name is to be holy and to be revered. His character is to be put up on a pedestal for the whole world to see. And we as a church need to say, God, You are, you are something else. You are, you are so set apart from me. You are not Paul. You are not small. God, You are you are to be worshipped because of your faithfulness, your holiness, your perfection, your justice, your righteousness. God, you, man, if I could just wrap my mind around who God is, would that not just transform how we live, how we pray, how we interact with people? The holy God, the just God, the one where there is no blemish, there is no turning in, there is nothing imperfect about Him, He chose to be in relationship with me. And before the creation of the world, He chose me. And while I was yet a sinner, Christ died for me. Holy is Your name. Man, and this is where Jesus goes, listen, you've got a God who is personal. You have a God who is near and dear to your heart. He's also a God who oversees. He is sovereign. He is king over all. And that God is asking you to understand He is holy. He is just. He is right. It talks about the very transcendent nature, the other nature of God. We are not that. That is something that can only be ascribed and attached to God. That He is perfectly holy. And Jesus is saying, honor Him. Fear Him. So do you see the problem when we, in a worship service, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be Thy name. Thy kingdom come, Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And we just, we just fly right over this. Holy is Your name. There's this weightiness about it. 
Have you ever been in a worship service? Or maybe it's just you alone in a car and you've got the iPod or radio going, depending on what era you're in, 8-track, I don't know. But you are in this, this uh, worshipful setting. Maybe you're praying, maybe you're listening to music, I don't know what it is. But there is a heaviness about the room or the car. And you're going, God, the Holy God, is here. And what do you do? Flip the station and just keep on going? Or do you check for the goosebumps and just say, Holy is Your name. Let me just rest in that. Holy is your name. Jesus goes on to say some, some pretty heavy things. Next, he goes on to say, after he says, hallowed be your name, he goes on to say, your kingdom come. Here Jesus is saying, listen, we recognize that God is the King. Not Obama. Not any of the Bushes. Even though some of us as Republicans think that he's the, he's, he's, those were the answers. And some of us think that Obama is the answer. God's going, holy cow, you're missing it because you've erected a holy cow. It's a false idol. Who is the King? Your Kingdom come. Not a national president. God's kingdom has got to be coming. His kingdom is what changes and transforms and moves in our world in powerful ways. He says, your kingdom come. Now, can th- this is scary stuff to say your kingdom come. Because what this does is it, <laughs> it's, a, it's not my kingdom come. It's not Paul's personal domain. God, would Paul's agenda be known here in Mokina and among Missio Dei? Would Paul's will be done in the righteous' life? He say, no. We pray that God's kingdom come in their life, in your life, in our life, in our community. God's kingdom. May it be made more known, more visible, more real, more active. God's kingdom, His rules, His ways, His, His perfection be known here. That's when some of us have got to put our agendas on the back burner. We've got to put our political ideals on the back burner and just say, God, what does Your kingdom look like? And really look at it. What does it look like for God's kingdom to take place in our time, in our marriages, in our relationships, in our workplace? God, may Your kingdom come. And some of this is also an evangelistic kind of prayer. Because what He... He's also praying is, 
Lord, may the blessing of salvation come. As you are king, would you come and save your people? God, may you come and save Joe, whoever Joe is. Maybe he's your best friend or, or Mike or Sally or whoever it is. God, may your, your blessing of salvation come to these people. And also, God, in this evangelistic prayer of seeing your kingdom come, Lord, may your kingdom come to the church of Jesus Christ in its various uh, ways of expressing itself, Lord, may it come more fully in the church of Jesus Christ, in real and powerful ways. And may the people of your church, realizing the kingdom ethics, the kingdom living, may they grow in influence, in authenticity, May the church be a city on a hill. May your kingdom come. It means that Christ is the King and we want His rule and His reign to become more and more evident in our day. Kind of taking you out of the picture, isn't it? And may Your will be done. Martin Luther, the great reformer, called this a fearful prayer. And he said it should be a fearful prayer because it should get, before these words come out, they should almost get stuck in our throat. Because if we really knew what this meant, It would rock our world. Do we really want God's will to be done? Seriously. Do you want God's will to be done in you personally? Because he goes on to say, as, as it is on earth, on earth as it is in heaven. Todd read about what's going on in heaven, this picture of what's going on in Revelation, where people are worshiping and adoring and aligning themselves to the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And he... Do we really want God's will to be done in our lives? Check yourself. Just think this past week. Whose will was prominent in your life? Mine was. My wife was sick this whole week. And I'll tell you what I wanted. I wanted to go, I never, honey, I never said this and don't take this wrong. I just wanted to go to tribes one night. I just wanted to go out for a beer. Selfish! Is that terrible? She was she had respiratory flu. And what did I want? That, okay, that's just my own little confessional, okay? If you would enter into that confessional, what is it that you would say, oh, this week this was my will, God. 
these things, all these things, selfish, 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 want, 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 need, need, need. I've got to have this. I've got to have him. I've got to have her. I've got to have that. I've got to have these. Selfish, isn't it? So to pray this, as, as Martin Luther said, it's a fearful prayer to say, don't just pray, man, your will be done. Really? I've heard it described as this. And I've never gone through it. How many of you have broken a limb of some sort? Okay. I've heard stories about uh, a broken limb that, you know, initially you've got to do some other repair stuff, but after a while the body starts to do what? The bone starts to repair itself, and it starts to calcify around that area. The bone that originally was like this is now like this, and therefore it can cause pain and uh, discomfort, and it's, it's not the way it's supposed to be. And so what does the doctor do? You know, we've got to break it again. We've got to reset the bone. And basically, when we pray, your will be done, for some of us, for, okay, for me, you apply it to yourself. This will require me trusting God as the doctor and saying, God, this area in my life, this bone that has been set incorrectly, has got to be broken and reset. And it's painful. It sounds terrible, doesn't it? But it requires us to trust our Father who's in heaven and that He is holy and His ways are perfect and beyond my ways. God, I trust You with my life, my all, my parents, my kids, my, my wife, my finances. God, Your ways are perfect and I want Your kingdom to come and I, I do want your will to be done. And Lord, there are areas in my life as a husband that need to be broken. And you need to reset it according to your kingdom values, your will, your way. And so what is it this week, this past week and this week to come that God is saying, listen, if you really want my kingdom come and my will to be done on earth as it is already taking place in heaven... What is that? Because really to pray this prayer is a prayer of repentance. Because even Jesus said, listen, your, your first thing that you need to be praying is, let me see if I can find it real quick, like, is this, and we'll find it later on in, when we go through the Sermon on the Mount. But seek first what? The kingdom of God and His righteousness. Personally, it's seek first the kingdom of Paul and my goodness and my preferences and my ways. And I don't care who's in the way, that's what I'm seeking first. It's going to kill you as I run you over, but you know what? My kingdom come, my will be done. And Jesus is saying, hold on. There's this realigning of how life is to be done in the kingdom and it's to be done according to the king. Your kingdom come. Your will be done. To pray this, we have to recognize that my will, your will, 
our will gets in the way. It requires us to pursue, pursue the kingdom. It requires an intentionality in that pursuit. It requires us to sometimes to be still. Just to be still. In the busyness of our life, and even in the busyness of this worship, because some of you are already going, it's, he's got 17 minutes. Already thinking about the next thing. And God is saying, hold on. You can't even hear me in your clutter. Sit. Be still. For you to understand my kingdom and my will, it requires you to be still for once. Pursue me. It requires you to repent a lot. allow the, the resetting of our bones. Sorry for the distraction. It requires us to trust our Heavenly Father. Can you imagine that? Us really trusting our Heavenly Father? My prayer is that this is our prayer this week. As we come up to Easter, if I see you here on Sunday, that means you're basically going to be in pastels and dressed really nice. Maybe Steve Tootin won't, but you know the rest of us will be in pastels and prettied up and really showered and shaved. And ladies might even wear hats or gloves. Probably not gloves, but maybe Grace will have hat, a hat on. But if we, as we sit in this, this week, and just pray this prayer, God, I want to see Your kingdom come in Ed and Danielle's life. God, would You break in? Agnostic. Almost to the verge of Atheist, God, would your rule and your reign break into Ed? And then, God, would you also break me in wanting a really nice, perfect family dinner? And may we be willing at Easter, of all these holidays, invite the lost and broken to the dinner table. Break that to your in-laws. God, you've done it with me. May it also be done in their life. And God, may I, may I do it. 
want to see Your kingdom come here. We're going to watch a, a video. And it's, uh, it's called a Haiti Lament. And this, this video, uh, when I sat in my office on Wednesday, I don't like to admit that I, I cry or I tear up, and usually I try not to do it in public because I'm a good man. But this, this video bothered me. Because in this, there was this, uh, this the song that was a prayer. God, we want to see Your kingdom come. We want Your grace to come here in Haiti as it is already in heaven. And after this, we are going to respond in communion. Because grace has come. has come fully in the the person of Jesus Christ. Sunday we get a, next Sunday we get to celebrate the resurrection, the hope that is found. Because if he had not risen from the dead, we're fools. But he is risen. He's risen indeed. And so before you come to the table, you need to remember the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ. Remember the price that He has paid for you. And maybe as you, you sit and you remember his, his body that has been broken for you, maybe you need to repent and say, God, would Your kingdom come more fully in my life, in my marriage? Would Your will be done more fully in my life? as you remember the price that was paid through the pouring out of His blood. And He says, do this constantly in remembrance of Me, the work that I have done for you, My children. Do this in remembrance of Me. As you remember this, would you pray, Father in Heaven, holy, hallowed is Your name. God, may Your kingdom come. May Your will be done in my life here on this earth as it is already taking place in heaven. Go ahead, start the video.